Hi, I'm David Pogue. Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your digital home for the RVing lifestyle. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com for additional information about each episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you once again from our traveling RV... Oh, it's nice to be on the road. ...studio. As we have learned our lesson last winter <laughs> from sitting too long and having our motorhome as well as our own bodies freeze up, we are on the road for a fairly short trip, I think, to give the motorhome well, a bit of exercise and a workout and have it be prepared for sitting still a, for a, a while. A, a lot of people would think this is a long trip. We're going to be gone close to a month. <laughs> are we? Well, it's not just a weekend overnight. No, I don't well, think it'll be a month. A lot depends on the weather. weather. Fall at, is a nice time moment, to travel. It is spectacularly beautiful. Yes, it is. No matter what you are doing outside, <laughs> you would love it because the well, sun is shining. Fall is often nice that way. It's in the low 70s. It's not humid, and it's a wonderful time to be. And traveling. we're waiting for the trees to turn color, which they haven't yeah, here yet where in, we are. We're going to be in upstate New York, but right now we are at a vineyard in Erie, Pennsylvania, or very close to there, which is on the very western coast of Pennsylvania. And this is our first experience using the Harvest Hosts, which we've talked about before and haven't had an opportunity. We even gave you a chance to get a discounted to membership. To take advantage of. Yes. So you are used to us getting kind of wild and crazy on New Year's Eve when we are drinking bubbly while we talk to you. And today we are sitting here <laughs> sniffing is... the aroma of almost ready-to-be-picked grapes wafting in well, from our open Well, I think some windows. of the grapes have been picked because I can smell the fermenting grapes. Grapes. That's what I smell, fermenting grapes. But this isn't the grapes on the vine. Although but, but some there are plenty on the one. Yes, the we're, well, right here, but I think around here. Well, fall is the harvest season for grapes and the time that they do the stomp, stomping of the grapes and all that sort of good stuff. And if you want to come to either Michigan or apparently here in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, at this time of the year, they have festivals. And we're going to hit the festival this evening. Which we th should have thought of, because yes. we've been to enough vineyards <laughs> over the years. And um, we actually... We, and many times we've tried to go, but it was too busy or too crowded or something. And we actually had a, a hard time booking this vineyard. We don't quite feel like we have a handle yet on Harvest Hosts, because we had the impression you have to call the day of uh, to let them know or ask their permission to come. And the first vineyard I called in this area said, oh, we're having this wine festival, and I already have too many rigs coming, and I have no space for you. And I thought, oh. Uh, but we are at another vineyard just down the road from them who did mention the festival, which is in mm -hmm. town. Yes, it's at not at the vineyard. At the moment. We are parked all alone in a large grassy field with um, a great view of grapes and vineyard right around us. And smell. <laughs> and after we have paid for the Harvest Host membership, <clears throat> this is free, which is nice. And the, we were met by a very nice guy. They took our name and showed us where to park. We're parked on grass, and we are boondocking, which is uh, kind of nice. With a rig like ours, boondocking is uh, definitely a easy proposition. And they are hoping that we will be away but from here. of course, here. I do hear the train. Well, you always camp near trains. That's just the way it is. And they are hoping that we will be away from here by 10 a.m. when they open their their offices for tools you know, store. and sales, which we will probably be, because we are on our way to, to the International, international <laughs> Rally at Syracuse, New York. Probably what makes it international is the location is not too far from Quebec or Ontario. Um, so there and I did read about some Canadians who are coming. So some of our Canadian friends will be there as well. And certainly within the last week or so, uh, this event has taken on... Um, a lot of buzz because our manufacturer Numar has oh, yes. revealed that it has been purchased by Winnebago uh, another familiar um, RV name to anybody who goes camping like we do Numar page on Facebook was <laughs> exploded. just <laughs> buzzing uh, one would think that we were being taken over by Thor. China <laughs> 
China. And many people expressed serious misgivings that, <laughs> that, from what I could see, were not based on much of anything. Certainly, no matter what kind of an RV you own or have purchased in your past life, some of them turned out better for you than others. Uh, Winnebago, we have friends who have Winnebagos who are yeah. very happy with them. And clearly it's a company that is choosing to expand. Um, We're thinking that Winnebago is going to make this their high-line diesel pushers, like from Lexus in- is to Toyota. And from an interview I saw on Facebook, uh, the family that currently runs Numar, it's been in their family for decades, um, are getting a bit long in the tooth and kind of saw this as a good opportunity. Are you opportunity. long in tooth? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nobody would admit that. To cash out and um, have have their fine work continue. And the other accounts I read is that when people went to the repair facility where people always are going, that it seemed like the staff and the people who are actually building the new Mars didn't seem too upset about it. Certainly at this point, not much has changed, so there isn't much to be upset about. But I'm sure there'll be a lot of chit-chat about this. Oh, for years and years to come. So you have a pre-Winnebago Newmar, and then you'll have the post-Winnebago Newmars. And will the quality be the same? Da-da-da-da. And, of course, interestingly enough, Winnebago has recently purchased the old Country Coach factory out in Bend, Oregon. And they have – I haven't seen any vehicles coming out of there, but I want – my understanding was they were going to make diesel pushers out there, their line of diesel pushers. And so this will be interesting to see how these things merge. And maybe new Mars would be made in Oregon and a much better repair facility out there for those folks who own new Mars in the West Coast. Yes, we know some people that are really looking forward to that possibility, <laughs> not wanting to travel from Washington to Indiana on a regular basis. So uh, since we tr- we talked to you last, uh, we have been busy getting ready for uh, the fall season and getting ready for this trip because uh, this is the highlight of our, well, kind of the highlight of our fall. We are going to Israel next month. Which is still in the fall. Which is still in the fall. So, well, okay. it's our It's our RVing highlight. We haven't been in the RV much. Well, we did that little trip to Lake Geneva, and but, that was it. You know, we're boondocking out here, and this is the first time on this trip that we boondocked. We enjoy boondocking once in a while. It's just fine. And a lot of people talk about boondocking, but uh, they afraid. are afraid to do it. And in this particular case, uh, this is easy to boondock at a harvest host. On the east coast or on the eastern part of the United States, many people have a hard time finding boondocking spots that are east of the Mississippi River. And we uh, are looking forward to enjoying these boondocking options for us that are spread out in a wide variety of different places. Uh, The Harvest Host seems to have quite a few, not necessarily in tourist places, but in, I don't know what you call it, rural areas, uh, certainly not in populated areas, but in rural areas of the United States. And our host today said that they have been in this network for seven years and were very familiar with how it all works, much more so than we are, and seemed to think it was worthwhile on their end. They can sell a little wine and get a little use out of there. And that's kind of the deal, is is that you purchase a little something at their store. And we would have dinner, but they don't serve dinner. so It's expected, but not required. Yes, uh, and they have been very hospitable to us so far. And I would say they have room for three or four rigs and the harvest host website which you get access to once you've joined has uh how many sites they have and how long you can be and we are kind of in a field so you could take any size rig which is nice and we are only three miles off the expressway which was kind of one of our criteria because we're headed down the road tomorrow so uh this is kind of an ideal situation for uh, those who don't mind doing some boondocking I've been reading a fair amount about boondocking and people's expectations, and you have to have a rig that will handle that, and you need to have, uh, for us, we like to live as we live, so having 100 gallons of water and uh, eight batteries and a satellite dish and all that sort of stuff just makes it that much better for us to be able to boondock, and we can do it easily. Put the jacks down, close the windows, and you don't know where you are. (laughs) 
we do have a friend who joined and was not happy with Harvest Holston that it never seemed to be where she wanted to go. So again, this depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish because I can easily see making a nice trip out of going from place to place to the harvest hosts if that's well, what there, you would want to do. Yeah, there are some limitations. One is is that you're only supposed to stay one, one night. night. And you probably could talk to them and maybe stay two. But it's not a destination. But uh, you could string them together. You could string them together, but you know, moving from every day from one place to another is kind of a pain in the neck. Depends. Well, yeah, yeah, it would be okay if you're in a, maybe in a smaller B or something that you could that you just drive in. But you can't come in late because they close at five o'clock. So it's not like a campground where you could just uh, stop in any old time, and you probably can't make advance reservations. Twenty-four hours is is part of the deal, so that's about as far in advance as you could go. I don't know how crowded they are, but. Based on the advertising and things that I've seen for Harvest Host, the, I would say the number of people that are joining is quite significant. It sounds like they've had more business this summer than they've ever had. And here. probably because there are more people joining and, uh-huh. and participating. And certainly we, after the rally, uh, which is going to last a week, the first week of October, we will, we're will we going to go to the Finger Lakes region of New York and uh, try out several more, we hope. And I should remind you that it's not just vineyards that host oh, yes. the RVs. Uh, there are golf course ones and farm Muse- ones with farm stands. And museums. Um, so there are many possibilities. The Eddie Rickerbacher Museum. Ah, which we went to, is a, a harvest host in upstate New York. In upstate New uh-huh. York, right? So lots of things to lots of things to see and do in places that have this type of uh, business, and they've been contacted by Harvest Host, so that's uh, kind of fun. As usual, we've just gone off and started this podcast as we tend to do, <laughs> and we have been remiss in plugging our monthly wallpaper calendar. Of course, and remiss in mentioning that you should be putting some comments on iTunes, because I think all the ones that are on there are pretty old now. We need, please, we need your comments on iTunes. Why? If you want. We're not. If if you feel like this show is good and you enjoy it, please make a comment on iTunes. It's always good for us to see. I lose my motivation if I don't know you're out there. So let me know that you're out there. We have gotten quite a few emails this month, which has been good. Good. Anyway, uh, some people were talking about uh, winterizing. I'm going to have to winterize. Yes, you are. Remember, you remember this this year is kind of unique because our motorhome is actually going to be in Chicago, and I've promised I'm going to freeze all the bugs out of it. I think there aren't any. Well, when we when we picked it up just now, there was disturbance in the insulation from mice. Well, not only that, but there were spiders everywhere. Yeah, well, and that's well, it's had sat there all summer. And, and when you get home, there'll be spider webs all over your house too. Really? Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> oh, there's that smell again. Oh, it's good. I like it. <laughs> the smell of putrid grapes fermenting. But uh, I'm going to have to winterize this guy because when we get home, it's going to be uh, mid-October, and that means that freezing will be just around the corner, and we won't be leaving again until the end of December. So I've committed myself to winterizing, and I'm doing it on purpose because I want to kill all the bugs that we picked up in Florida. We stayed there much too long last year. Well, the motorhome hasn't been winterized in a couple, three years, so... Yeah, you've been lucky. It's about time to freeze the heck out of everybody who's in this motorhome. So what about this winterizing with air? Well, a lot of people winterize with air. Because... Air. I don't know anything about that. Well, now think about it. You blow out the lines when you have a home watering system. You blow blow out the The water, water, then it can't freeze. Then why don't you do that? I think there are some problems with that. So a lot of people want to do their winterizing with air, and it makes a lot of sense. Then you don't have to but deal with that pink stuff in the spring. In the yucky taste. Yeah. And if you look back a little while, we were mentioning that uh, there's two different kinds of antifreeze. I forget which one right now. I didn't do my research. Heavens, we have to go back and do, look at Listen to ourselves. Oh, no. <laughs> Impossible. We would never do that. Anyway, there's two different kinds of uh, pink antifreeze, and you want to get the one that doesn't taste bad. Yes, you do. Because it the taste lingers for days. And a lot of people, 
surprisingly enough, don't, don't like really that. like that. And it I don't like it. It has a bit of a smell like when you wash your hair. Yeah, it's terrible. And it takes, uh, it's not just a matter of rinsing it out and it's gone. You have to run it's, the water for a while. It's there for quite a while. So some people say, well, I'm just going to use air. Now, in a simple rig, air will work fine. Well, air will work okay. But if you have a washer dryer, how do you get or the water out of the line? It pumps itself out. No. If you, you have, have if you have an off? ice if you have an ice maker, you have to take the hose off and drain. How it. do you get the water out of the line? You don't. Take the ice maker If you off. have a dishwasher, how do you get the water out of the line? Mm-hmm. If you have an accumulator tank, how do you get the water out of the line? What's an accumulator tank? Well, that's when you have your water pump. That's to keep the pressure steady. It's kind of like a pressure tank. Do we have that? Of course. Oh. So what do you do with these things? Well, you have to put antifreeze in them. Any, any. I would even say that your water, water pump. Water heater? No, your water heater you can empty pretty well. And your water tank, you don't care about that because you can empty that. But these other lines that don't have an easy access at the other end to blow the water out of, are a problem and you will undoubtedly leave water in them and when it freezes I had an ice maker problem once. And we and in our fifth wheel we had a That was in the fifth wheel. A blower by the toilet to rinse it out. Yeah well that was it that was just my negligence. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get antifreeze in it. Yeah. Well but it, well that's but antifreeze is necessary in many places that you can't get air to blow out the air, blow out the line, so you have to put antifreeze in there so that it doesn't freeze. And your your water pump is one of those things. You might get the air the water out with air, but then again, you might not because the water pump has many chambers and all sorts of stuff. And if you don't pump antifreeze through it, it may not have uh, protection against the cold. Sounds risky. Sounds risky. And so my recommendation is you can use air. You can blow out the antifreeze once you get that pumped in, but use antifreeze first. And don't you need it a word to the wise. Oh, no. You just blow out it with your well, mouth. How do, you do that? how do you do that? <laughs> what? How do you blow the air out? Does everybody, com- does everybody have an air compressor? Of course. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Why not? Because it's just another big, heavy gizmo. So? It's expensive. No. I mean, you just need like a, like a pump for a bicycle. That that smaller one? One of these... No, 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 no. Electric one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get your wife out there. Pump, honey, pump, 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 pump. Faster, faster. The water's not leaving. No. <laughs> You get a little electric pump. Every RVer we know has an air compressor. Owns an air compressor. Well, I if they're if so. they're listeners to the RV, I don't care, think so. They better be. Let us know, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I've made many recommendations about appropriate air pumps to buy. But I thought you were talking about tires. I am. Oh. Well, yes, but it's the same pump. It's the same pump. There's this confused look on her face, no. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> She's totally outside of her element. Will she be able to recover and finish the RV Navigator podcast? It depends what you talk about. Well, what's the next topic? Black tank odor. <laughs> I don't have much to say about that either, except I don't want it. <laughs> have you had it? Um, not in any rigs that we owned. We right. did in a rig that we rented in New Zealand. Uh-huh. So uh, this uh, topic was prompted by a Facebook posting about this poor lady who had bought a fairly new rig and was very grossed out by her the smell by the growing smell in her bathroom to the point where she said they couldn't stay in it anymore and she had done everything and i believe her she had done everything in the world to try to clean her bathroom there was no seepage obviously but she had sanitized and cleaned and bleached and bleached and done everything necessary to have uh, a sweet smelling bathroom but the smell still persisted now there are some reasons why your black tank will smell i think with our rental there was something with the exhaust pipe not exhaust every in the rent, every black tank has a vent pipe yeah and that vent pipe goes up to the ceiling through the uh, up to the roof and is vented and 
one of the things that you want to do, we have a little rotating vent thing so that when we're going down the road, the air pressure doesn't go down into the tank, bubble up in the tank and, and send the smell into the RV. So that's a little accessory that you can buy. Um, otherwise, when you buy it from the factory, it just has a cap on it and a cap that's open so that uh, the smell can go out the into the air without having uh, to enter the RV. But if you get some strange winds, not even strange, just going down the road, you can have a, a back smell that comes back into the RV. So what was the problem well, for this poor lady? Well, let's talk. There's a couple of other things. Of course, we keep our tank flushed out, and we keep chemical in it. And we have but been she very, did all that stuff, too. We've been very happy with Happy Camper as a enzyme, not just a smell reducer, but it's an enzyme which breaks up the solids and... Uh, allows them to be flushed out more easily. And I think one of the problems that people have is that they pull up to the dump station like, like we had to do last uh, yesterday. And when you're in a campground that doesn't have full hookups and you're leaving and there's a line of people waiting to use the dump station, what do you do? Pull the lever and dump. Pull the lever. But you don't have any time or opportunity to flush anything out. To flush out. anything out. So that's a problem. So the stuff builds up in there, and after a while, after you've done that for quite a while, there will be a buildup. A Grand you, Canyon of deposits. No, it won't be a Grand Canyon. It will be a Mount, Mount Everest. <laughs> well, I just kind of envision it in little layers. Well, like in, the in, in the extreme situation where people leave their black tank open... You get this pile of solids below the toilet, and you you read about this regularly, and people cannot figure out what the problem is. They can't flush their toilet because there's this big pile of Ugh. <laughs> stuff. I hope none of you are having lunch at the moment. That has dried, and but that's a whole different story. Uh, I always keep our black tank wet, even in the winter. It, free, it freezes, and then... So you put antifreeze in there, too? I don't put antifreeze in. I just let it freeze and... But I do have liquid in the tank so that it never dries out, so that you don't get the brown pile of pyramid of poop. So we do wash out, flush out our tank regularly. And that Whenever is, you can. we have a black tank flusher, and more and more RVs have those because people have this problem. And that's where it sprays water in from the top of the tank and sprays it and allows you to take out the solids. And now, I can if you remember don't have, in our fifth wheel, we didn't have one, and you would bring in the hose right, from the outside and put right, it down. Right, you could buy a, a kind of a power washer sprayer that you, and when you have a gravity feed toilet, the toilet goes right into the tank. So you just stick this thing down in there and spray it around, and it will uh, break the up the cell. Break up the solids and the toilet paper and stuff, and and let it flow out through the through the vent through the drain. But assuming you've done that, the other thing I put on my black tank flusher was a timer. A timer. What were you timing? <laughs> How long it takes to fill the tank? Because what's the other problem when you? Oh, that it overflows. You mean? <sighs> yes. And what happens when it overflows? Then it would back up into your rig. No. Where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> we seen this. No, your toilet when it backs up goes out the roof. <laughs> oh, out that exhaust! Because your black tank only has one entrance, and that's the toilet. And if the toilet valve is sealed, where does it go? Out the vent. Because it doesn't connect with. So the you tray. have poop coming off the, <laughs> off the ceiling mm. and down the side of your RV. We've never seen that. Oh yes. No. Oh yes. So I, I have put it out of my mind. <laughs> So I have put on a timer on my black tank flusher so that in case somebody comes up and talks to me or oh, I get distracted yeah, that I don't happen. remember, I don't forget to turn it off. So how long is it? Ten minutes is all I allow, uh -huh. but that's plenty. So anyway, this poor lady had done all these things and had not, you know, not had time to build up a black pile of poop. And so come to find out that for some reason they had to have the toilet replaced and theirs was an inexpensive RV and it had a plastic toilet and somehow the toilet she had pictures of this on the web a video of it and she took her the toilet out of the RV and there was a compartment that like was a nook like a nook right and somehow black poop had gotten into the nook 
and festered. Festered. Oh my! No wonder it's so, so bad. Her her comment was well designed. <laughs> exactly, and this was a Dometic, which is a you know a brand a name, name yeah. but. These inexpensive plastic toilets are maybe something you want to not consider. Ours is China, and when we re- replaced ours, and if you go back a few years, you could read the story about that. About our adventures with our toilet. The 20-minute job, which took two months. Yeah. <laughs> that was in Tucson, too. Anyway, uh, buy a China toilet that doesn't have any spare compartments in it so that it doesn't collect any extra liquid that will fester. And so the bottom line was she put in, they for some reason, they put in a new toilet, and that solved the problem. Now, that's a long roundabout way of saying keep your black tank clean. Yeah, the, the many things you and have there are to things think about. That, yeah, there are things that you don't that know. That you don't have to think about in uh, sticks and bricks. Yeah. Okay, so we have an email from Bob, and he says, Hi, Ken and Martha. How do you choose to access television now while traveling in the RV? I believe in the past you've used DirecTV subscription along with their rooftop dish antenna. Are you still going this route, or have you gone to a streaming service of some sort? How do you access your content when there is no Wi-Fi available? And your answer is... There's still a dish on our roof. We still use DirecTV. Because? We have a year-round subscription to DirecTV, so we don't have to turn it off because we use the same receiver at home as we do in the RV. I pick up the receiver. I have separate power supplies in the RV and at home, and I unplug all the wires out of the back of the receiver, bring it out to the motorhome, plug in similar wires into the back, and in 10 minutes I have moved the TV service to the RV. And this allows you to keep all of the pre-recorded stuff that exactly. we have and that's one to. of the things that we don't like to watch commercials. So we almost never, even on the nightly news, we almost never watch the commercials. And to do that, you have to record the programs. And we have tons of programs that we have uh, stored on the uh, DirecTV box, and we can start recording at home and finish in the RV and vice versa because we have a couple of things. Uh, one is we have DNS, and that's another thing that DirecTV has, and that's distant oh. network services. Distant network services allows you to get the CBS, NBC, and, and ABC, and Fox channels from the West and East Coast, which is very nice because you can then set it on to record a particular program like right now we're recording this is us and it's on a specific channel and from the west coast or east coast and it's there every week and i never have to worry about changing it if you're going through local channels you got to you know change the channel every time you move to get the new recordings so that's uh, a big plus to me plus a uh, second plus is that uh, it has a ota receiver attached to it and an OTA is over the air, and an OTA receiver allows you to record and pick up, and they will be part of your scheduling of the uh, local channels. So here we go to uh, Toledo, Ohio, which I have no idea about the stations. I do a search with the direct TV box. It picks up the Toledo TV stations, and now I can record the local news and the other programs that I might want to watch that are local, and I can record them. And they are in the same scheduling list as the direct TV channels, uh, as all the cable channels. So we have uh, really appreciated direct TV. Now, there's some rumors about direct TV that maybe you want to be uh, aware of. One is that they're getting rid of their standard definition. But who uses standard definition these days certainly not you certainly not me so that means if you have high definition that doesn't really impact you however as an RVer standard definition is what you get if you have an in motion satellite dish in motion because it has a very small dish uh, only an 11 inch dish as opposed to our 30 dish inch dish uh, it doesn't pick up the signals nearly as strong and so it can only pick up one satellite so that's a problem uh, DirecTV will no longer be available for in motion but that's not a factor for us uh, number two is that AT&T is always monkeying with the satellite system, and who knows, AT&T is, is rumored to be selling DirecTV to DISH, 
So who knows whether that's really going to happen. But until it does, we will stick with uh, DirecTV. Now, do we stream? Whenever we can. Well, that's what's really been changing. We have often picked campgrounds. And as a matter of fact, we probably even here at the Harvest Host, we would have been very reluctant to stay here because they didn't have Wi-Fi. I think they do. But they you, do, but 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 yeah, you can't you can't depend on Wi-Fi. And we the past two nights unexpectedly we stayed at a KOA, and we didn't even check the Wi-Fi, even though we knew they had it, and it was probably pretty good. But now that we have two unlimited data plans, one with AT and T and one with uh, Verizon, we don't even care because that we can stream and uh, use the data service at will. And it's so far been uh, very robust and good, and we have uh, been very happy with uh, <clears throat> those two programs. Of course, unlimited high-speed data is not something that comes easily, and you need to be focused on getting it when it's available. If you don't have it now, then pay attention. There will be a, pl- a plan coming down the road. If you are kind of uh, looking around, you might want to look at FMCA. They have a 25-gigabyte plan, and 25 gigabytes might be enough for you, but uh, the unlimited plan is best. Do we use Wi-Fi? Yes. Surprisingly enough, not as much as we expected, and on more and less and less on these trips. Do we use Wi-Fi internally? Our own Wi-Fi. Our own Wi-Fi, yes. But it comes, the data comes over the cellular network. And it's nice to have a backup for those occasions which are more common when you are east of the Mississippi where there's a darn tree right where you are parked in your campsite. Right. And, and you we, can't get and, the and signal we, from the ditch. We have Hulu, we have uh, Netflix, and we definitely would use them as we need to. But uh, we don't uh, rely on it on a daily basis for streaming. So right now our philosophy is to diversify. Diversify. Tons of cars pouring into the parking lot. My goodness. For the wine tastings? I don't know. Uh Uh-oh. We should have had wine before we made our recording. (laughs) I'm sure our listeners would notice. We are on the road, and we are, of course, using fuel. And I spoke a, a couple of months ago about the TSD fuel card. And you went through all the rigmarole to apply for one and get one, and the lady even called you back and interviewed you and right. approved you. But and we said still, that my card would be sent right out, but it didn't arrive. We still don't have our card. So we cannot give you a personal experience report with that card yet. But I've joined the TSD Logistics Facebook page, and the comments are extremely positive. Not only does the company give you great service, but the discount is staggering on the order of 50 cents a gallon. Now, this is for diesel only, and diesel only at the truck pumps. So you have to go through the truck system, uh, the truck truckers part. And that's something we do frequently anyway, so that's not really much of an issue. And why do I go there? Because it's got high-speed pumps. And when and you're putting in 100 a, gallons, you want to... we've wanna... got a card that already gives us a discount. Right. So it's not as big of a discount. To me, the main thing that's really annoying about the truck pumps is the way truckers use them. I think this is just the way it is. They fuel up and they pull forward six inches and barely no, leave no, no. you pull through, so, you, so the next guy can... For the next in. guy. And then they go inside and take a shower and have dinner and you've refueled three times and you still can't get out of there because there's a darn truck parked that didn't in happen today. front of you. There was a truck parked in front of us and he well, left right it away. It happens. And he left before we finished fueling. I think that's usually the case. It happens, yes, but things happen in regular gas stations too. And certainly for a big rig like us, going to the truck pumps is is easy. Oh, yeah, and, and so much, much easier. quicker. And if you can use this fuel card... Prior to this, you have to go inside, start the pump, guess at how much fuel you needed, and go inside, come back out. And it was kind of a, a mess. But now with this TSD fuel card, you just put it in, and it takes the money directly out of your checking account. And so it's uh, very quick and easy, and the huge discount. People have talked about you know saving thirty and forty dollars per fill up. Even with your pickup truck, you might want to consider this if it's diesel. And this card is also good in Canada, where the gas Which prices is another are good thing. higher. So yeah. we hope that by the time we get home, we'll have it. It's and, probably there and, now. And we will give you a report as soon as we have the opportunity to use it. But uh, we do have the Flying J card, which we use today. And the Flying J f- fuel-up card gives you 10 or $0.12 cents discount off the price that's on the sign. Today it was uh, 35 and we paid 17 
And people are really leery about these because part of the deal is that you give them access to your checking account to <clears throat> suck the money out after you've bought the fuel. And I have to say, with the Flying J card, they are so hulking <laughs> about sucking the money out that it's usually like two months later and we're saying to each other, "Is were we there? And did we really spend that? And it's amazing. It's like we give them a loan. Um, and we've never had any problems with them making any unauthorized no, not at um, all. Attacks on our checking accounts. And so. it, it's actually works better because you don't have to go inside. You just put the card in and put in your your and passcode. All the hacking and stealing of electronic data these days. What so that so those are two options for getting discounted diesel. The third option is a new system, uh, a new card that's being offered through FMCA. And if you go to FMCA Fuel Discounts Card, they have a new system. And I'm not going to use the acronym because it sounds too much like TSD. It's like STD or something like that. <laughs> well, it's not that. <laughs> TSD. Who? TSD. TSD. Yeah. Wait. No, TSD is what we is the one we. This is what I didn't want to get into. FMCA fuel discounts. That's all it says. Okay. So. And it's for gas too. No, no. Oh, all of these all are diesel. just for diesel, and you hit once again. You have to go to the diesel pumps uh, where the truckers go. So, uh, if you're not used to doing that, then uh, then this card is not for you. But these cards are free. The card is free. The account is free. There's no membership fee. You don't have any minimum that you have to use it. So the bottom line is, this is just a savings. And why you're not saving, I don't know. If you use diesel, you should be using one of these cards. Promo code or something? <laughs> no. It sounds, like, it sounds like we should get... No, that's not how we roll. Why? We talk about the things we like and don't like and speak freely and share our opinions, whatever they are. At least so far. I, I, I can't monetize this? We haven't been bought by anybody yet. Shouldn't we be able to monetize this? It, one would think so, but so far it hasn't happened. So, ladies and gentlemen, take our advice for what it's worth. It's free, and it's we don't take experience. any money for it for giving you the advice, so you don't take any money for giving us advice. Anyway. People who listened to our podcast last month, I think, heard about uh, some of Ken's technology misadventures while we were oh. in Ecuador. I think we talked about um, his phone dying and how glad he was that he had a backup and could get the phone going again. But his Apple Watch died as well, which made it hard for I, I don't the, think it was quite as waterproof as I thought. Oh, is that why? I don't know. Which made it hard for the family line. treasurer to, to keep saying no, as she tends to do. So but I had to wait. Was? I had to wait such a long time to get a new one. Well, you shouldn't break it when but you're now, in ladies, Ecuador. But now, ladies and gentlemen, I have the Apple Watch version 5. And I've superseded my wife, who has only version 4. But do they look the, exactly the same? Pretty much. Yes. But what's the big difference? I don't know. You don't... What's the big difference? Oh, it stays on all the time. You Always think. on. So that you never have to... You can sneak a look at it without having to... <laughs> <laughs> without your, without your wife knowing that she's boring you. <laughs> yeah, for so for this, we spend an extra two hundred dollars or whatever it was. It's only four hundred dollars. So, so are you going to resolve not to go swimming with this watch? Uh, I've kind of decided that. I think it's a good idea. But I, you've bought lots of accessories for your watch. No, I buy bands. That's, AKA accessory. Oh. So, what kind of bands do you buy? Fashion statements. Fashion statements. <laughs> I have one band which I brought. I used to have a lot of cool-looking watches. Yeah. And now this is this is kind of this big globby thing on my wrist. So. But do you like your watch? Yes. And this new one has, like yours, has the EKG. There's a number of stories. Oh, what was the one we saw about the biker? A biker had fallen off his bike and... You oh, and he was unconscious. He was unconscious. And they called 911. The, no, not they. Well, the watch did. The watch called 911. And, and his family. And his family. And sent his family a text. And by the fa time the family got there, the ambulance had already taken him away. And, and they, they didn't know where he was. But they could see his crumpled up bike there, so they knew something bad happened. Yeah, this was cool. And he came to in the ambulance, so he was unconscious for a while. It was a lifesaver. And the watch told them what hospital he was at. Because it knew it's his location. His location. So the family was extremely grateful for the Apple Watch. And there are numerous stories like this. So we have uh, 
turned on the crash. Yeah, mine comes on fairly often um, and says to me, did you fall? And only one of those times did I fall. Well, and then it asked me to verify that I really didn't fall. I, I assume it's trying to learn from that, but so mm-hmm. far it hasn't learned a damn thing. Um, I've not had mine. I don't know if fall. I talk with my arms waving around too much or, or what motion it is that I make that makes it activated. Uh-huh. But, but I'd rather have it ask and not be needed than to Because be, if you don't respond, it will dial in. It will do what they did for that man. Yeah. And there was another lady that I was listening to on a podcast who didn't know that she was having an irregular heartbeat and the watch said there's something going on with your heart and which is amazing because now it has the heartbeat thing fibrillation an afib monitor something like that and so it said to her on her watch you know there's something going on with your heart you better go check it out and so she called her doctor went into the doctor and the doctor said you would have been dead within 24 hours if you had to come in because your heart was in I don't understand, but anyway, something was going on, and her watch saved her life. That's pretty cool. So we are willing, I, I am willing and to minus give up, the latest version. I'm willing to give up some fashion statements to have my life saved. But I guess don't take a snorkeling. <laughs> it's supposed to be good for snorkeling. I, I couldn't imagine. I was bragging to everybody about yeah. how it worked. But, Lucky it was old. But maybe that was that one. It wasn't that old. It was a version 3. I thought it was the first one. No, no. No, no, I got rid of the first one. Oh, yeah, that's right. We used it to trade I bought this when one I bought mine. I bought this one in Australia with Al. Al, we no longer have the same watch. Oh, no. <laughs> Our friend Al in Australia is a gray nomad and is traveling around. And he, we watch his Facebook page, and he goes to places I never even have heard of. I don't know. Australia is just a whole different place. Makes me want to go back. And I enjoy reading his his comments. He and Sue's comments about where and, they are and, and what they're they doing. how they are either. But he goes, and now we're going to here, and I say, oh, where the hell's that? <laughs> places I just... Well, he might feel the same about many of the places we talk about. I don't think so. He seems to know much more about the United States than we, we know, know about, about his Australia. Country. Shame so. on us. Shame on us, but I'm glad they're traveling around. Enjoying retirement. No matter what kind of a rig you have, you probably have or wish you have um, an awning. Awnings <laughs> make outdoor living a lot more pleasant. Uh, you can sit outside even when it's sprinkling. It can keep the sun from streaming into your windows. And but... many times we see people who think that they are indestructible and leave them out <gasps> for long periods of time. The worst case that I remember was we were in a campground in Louisiana and a truck camper had their awning out and they had driven out from beneath it as you can and a gust of wind came and used their awning like a sail <laughs> and tipped the whole camper over on its side. And that was bad because that in that park the, the wind came through and, and there were a number of awnings that were flipped over uh, all over onto the roof. And, and even oh. if it doesn't flip your rig over, the other thing that happens a lot is that they rip and come off. And then what do you do? So it acts like a big sale. So to me, an awning is something that you do not leave out. Um, You use it when you need it, and then you put it right back again. Uh, So we rarely use the awning except when we're actually using it. We would never leave it out. There are people who leave them out permanently, but they have them strapped down. But even that I would consider it's a big sale, and it's a problem. But if you leave it, even for a short period of time, if you leave your awning out, this is so obvious. At an angle. Be sure to put it at an angle so that any rain or water that gets on it, even water from your air conditioner, could puddle in the middle and rip your awning because water is heavy. Or so it could you bend to, the arms. Exactly. Of your, of your so you have to tilt your awning down at one corner so that it uh, will drain the water. And use a hose or cloth to clean or wipe your awning down on a regular basis because when you roll it up, it'll get uh, mildewy. Well, not only mildewy, but things uh, that stones and leaves and things in there will punch a hole in it yeah when it gets wound up tight don't roll up a wet awning which is a problem when you're leaving you have to as soon as you get somewhere where you're stopped rolling you need to open it up and dry it out keep your awning closed as much as possible which is what we do ours is electric so it doesn't have any arms 
and it automatically tilts so that that's okay. And theoretically, it puts itself away if it thinks it's too windy, although I'm never quite sure if that yeah, well works that, right. That, yeah, that can be good and bad. I'm not sure that's a feature which I really like, but yes, it does automatically put itself away. Wipe down all moving parts and use WD-40 on them. So clean it and because it gets dusty when it just sits out. Awnings are something that you have to be careful of, and that just take for granted. We follow a Facebook page um, of RVers, most of whom are newbies who ask each other <laughs> questions, questions out of their ignorance and get answers out of other people's ignorance, which often leaves us feeling kind of kerfuddled. But anyway, I'm one kerfuddled. of the big topics that comes up on that Facebook page is people having blowouts. And while you never know for sure, we strongly suspect that many of these blowouts are caused by people who have too much stuff in their RV. This is especially easy to do if you have a trailer, although it can happen to you with any kind of an RV. And the only way to know for sure that you are not overweight or if you are overweight to figure out what to do about it is to get yourself weighed and every truck stop has scales cat scales that you can use and you shouldn't just get yourself waved as a sum total you should weigh each wheel each side well in a motorhome you should weigh each of the wheels separately yeah and then decide how much air to put in your tires and where the weight distribution is. It should be basically uniform side-to-side uh, side and not overweight for your tires. And in our particular case, we didn't have blowouts as much as we broke two sets of leaf springs. Uh, I think our RV was grossly overweight. Which was also... This was a long time ago. Um, our first fifth wheel. Yeah, we didn't know, and now we do. So uh, don't assume that because there's space that you can stuff one more thing in there, which is kind of how I pack for a trip. This motorhome has three-ton capacity, carrying capacity, so we don't really have to worry about uh, overweight. So we can carry 800 pounds of water, for instance, which is wow. which is 100 gallons. We can carry 150 gallons of fuel and not have to worry about it. But a lot of people should not travel with their their water tank full because it adds a lot of weight to your trailer, and you need to have it weighed to see if that's within the capacity of the axles and within the capacity of the tires that you have on board. So many accidents happen because they have a tire blowout, and I think a lot of those are a result of uh, the tire being overweight, too much weight on that axle. So pay attention to those... Uh, to those weights and, and you know get it weighed and see what your truck capacity is uh there have been a number of people lately who have tried to tow with a v6 <clears throat> their pickup truck with a v6 and that just is not going to pull a, a big fifth wheel and one guy in particular said the thing was just all over the road because i couldn't control it with Ooh, his, scary yeah, scary and white knuckle driving i don't know the motorhome that we have here is not white knuckle. It's very easy to drive, and it tracks down the road, and it's not bothered by wind. And but it's expensive, and it's hard to justify if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. use your RV as often. But as I do. think you can eliminate many problems before they start if you have the appropriate size truck that will carry the weight of the trailer that you're planning on on towing. And pay attention to how you balance the heavy things that you put inside. Yes. As much as you have control over. Yes, I would agree. Uh, including passengers. <laughs> There's this, <laughs> this RV. I cannot imagine this. Where did I put this? Oh, the one that can sleep 14? Yes. Keystone, Keystone debuts a dual bunk trailer that sleeps 14. You could call it a dorm. <laughs> Bigger is better. And more is better in, in the RV world. At least that's what manufacturers think. So there's a new development to report. Keystone RV has debuted a private quad bunkhouse in its new Passport. And it's only 34 feet long. Oh Are they my talking God. about a family with 12 children? With the wide bunks in the Passport 3400 QD can each fit two children. Oh, my God. Can you imagine... Well, 14 people in a 34-foot RV? I can imagine that okay, but then I can't imagine where all their stuff goes. Or how they have enough water. How and are they going to boondock? And one bathroom. And one, oh, yes, it only has one bathroom, of yeah, course. Yeah. <laughs> 30, well, a lot of 14, RV parks have nice bathrooms. You can go 14, 
Well, and this leads me to the vehicle that tows this. How do you get 14 people? Balanced inside? You can't ride in it. No. You need, you need a school bus. They'd have to come in their own vehicles. Yes, but even so, you would tend to put quite a few people in the tow vehicle, and that would be then grossly overweight because of all the people in all it. All the bodies. 14. Now, a big motorhome like ours, 43 feet, and we have the 246 rule. Sleeps to, feeds for, drinks for six. And that is literally true. We have no second bed that was that is of any quality. We could on the sofa we could sleep one person who was sick and coughing a lot <laughs> and was trying to give his spouse a break. <laughs> so these big motorhomes you see do not necessarily mean an increase in sleeping capacity. And the smaller I oh god. I'd like, like to see it. I, I hope well we're going to the Tampa we're going to the Tampa Super Show, so hopefully maybe it'll be there. And maybe somebody will be there to show this it's a keystone so maybe it'll be there last thing we want to talk about is the pocket gas sniffer open your hold up your pits i'm sniffing your gas no gas this is a gizmo which uh sniffs out leaks leaks so that you can determine if you have a propane leak before you have a propane leak. Before you explode. Before you explode, right. So although you can sometimes smell the stuff, it, this is a much more sensitive and you can determine where the leak is. So this is a gizmo which you can buy. It sounded like from the article I, I read that a lot of the problems happen with when after you get it filled, how you screw it back together. Yeah, well, anytime it that that's cause, a, a yeah. Rife with possibilities yeah, if you don't do that right. Yes, all sorts of problems can occur. Gas leaks. And we don't have propane, so it's not something I have tested or will buy. But if you are looking at this... It could go in somebody's Christmas stocking. Yes, it would be an excellent, but not mine. No, you don't have a Christmas stocking. Would I have a new watch band? <laughs> you want to make a fashion statement, too? You want some of my hand-me-downs? No. Yours don't, yours don't fit. Mine's a 44 and yours is a 38. Usually so I yours don't fit in mine. People are pouring into the, into the vineyard. Into the vineyards here. It's so. time to go drink. Time to go drink. I think that's true. Well, where are the glasses to clink? This is the fresh brew. What do they call that? The first in in France, they call it the... Uh, the new wine. The Beaujolais that's... yeah The, the new... new, the new the new vintage is just about to be, and he said they just got new wine today. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should go try it. So, ladies and gentlemen, on a beautiful day in uh, sunny western Pennsylvania, we will bid you adieu and say we will be seeing you December 1st after we have lots of talk to, to talk about after our rally with, with Numar and new topics and excitement. And then we're taking another international trip, so you'll have to put up with that one more time. Well, many more times. <laughs> in the recent future. Okay. Nearby future. So we do appreciate you listening and... Uh, at the beginning of this month, until the 20th or so, you might be in a campground near us if you're in uh, the New York area, New York, upstate New York area. Let us know, and we will make arrangements. We have no real plans. And this has been another interesting thing, that uh, we stayed at a state park, and it was less than half full. We come here, we made the reservation for the Harvest Host, no problem. This morning. And uh, we're expecting not to have much problem finding campgrounds. We, we have no fall. reservations. We let, I think on the weekends we could still be a little bit challenged. Yeah, but we're not making any long-term reservations, so we hope that we will have no problem that we finding just float around. At the Harvest Hosts. And I think I well, you can get it. Be sure to shop around because there's a coupon code oh, that you get a, a discount get a for the year, right? Because it's deals. a yearly membership and then no actual camping fee. We will see you in a campground near us in the month of October. Happy travels! Thank you for listening. Bye now. <laughs>